You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, folks. Welcome back to Life's Mountain Wire Football Podcast. Driving the offseason bus along with you, Jeremy Moss, Matt Kennerly. We're going to make it, and we got some fun topics tonight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it always gets a little fun when it gets a little stupid, right? It's always stupid. Tonight, oh, boy. You like our stupid upset picks? Well, you're in luck tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we made a change because last time we recorded, we're like, oh, we'll talk about kind of our – they were going to be stupid early picks, but kind of honestly, you know, as Matt, realistic picks that could happen. Like, oh, Boise State's probably going to be pretty good. You know what I mean? Some Those type of picks. Like, oh, I think John Washington is the best running back. Mm-hmm. But then Sam, I'm like, let me go on Twitter. I'm like, hey, give me your best fiery take. And we got a lot of responses, so we're going to go with stupid picks this week. And like, should we? can we start out by giving props to everybody who responded? Because there are some insanely good hot takes in this in this bunch of, of uh, predictions. There are. There's there's quite a few. We'll get to – I already have my favorite one, which if you follow on Twitter, you already know which one that is. Well, maybe not because I retweeted it, but it's usually you or me that does football tweets. So it's mm-hmm. – they'll figure it out. But we have – we'll go through all those. We may mention uh, kind of intersplice the uh, returning production to kind of predict who might be good or not good. Mm-hmm. So I like that piece. Bill Connolly put it up. Basically, it's not just starters back, games played back, yards back, but he assigns – what, it assigns a decimal point for like yards returning, passing, rushing. Basically, well, that's part of it. So if you didn't read the article, first of all, I should go do that. It's over on SB Nation. Mm-hmm. And if you follow Bill Connolly you know, at SBN – underscore bill c uh you'll be able to find the link in his twitter feed but basically when you're referring to the decimal points what that means is that he correlates historically the things that matter the most from year to year so if you if you return more of x category you are more likely to take a step forward or conversely if you return less of that then you're more likely to take a step back but we'll talk more about that when we get into the uh, into the different teams. Mm-hmm. And we'll probably do this probably next next show when we do kind of our more serious, way too early, still stupid look ahead. So mm-hmm. here's what we're going to do. We have all the responses on Twitter. Should we start with their responses or our kind of dumb picks? What do you think we should do? Go back and forth? What's your preference? Let's give the people what they want. Let's, what? let's talk about what the people think. Exactly. Nobody cares about us, right? <laughs> They do, but let's, let's, they they took the time out of their day at midday to reply and tweet to us. Do you want to just go? You want okay? I'll start with the worst one. Is that okay if I do that? <laughs> I start maybe the, maybe define what worst means to you. Okay, not worst. Sorry, let me let me rephrase that. I asked for give us your hottest take, and there was one that was extremely lukewarm. Okay, what's that? Do you do you want to take a guess of which one I, you think that is? Do you have the whole I'm gonna, list? Running I'm going to guess it's uh, at Wyo Pride saying Wyoming starts 1-0. I'm sorry. that I figured from what well, Wait a second. Don't they, don't they open against Missouri? Yeah. I think, right? Because hmm. they play with uh, Kyle Murray. Okay. Now that I – because I, I was under the assumption without having the schedule in front of me right away that they were starting with an FBS team. So I was thinking, yeah, that would be pretty lukewarm. But now I'm kind of second-guessing myself. It is hosting Missouri. 
Which, by the way, kind of interesting that they have a postseason ban now. Uh, the NCAA pulled a Jim, uh, a Jerry Tarkanian. Oldie but a goodie. <laughs> exactly. North Carolina makes – like, I, I'll talk about that for a quick second here. Actually, it's not a, t- a terrible – I apologize. I just wanted spicy fire, but that'd still be a good win. That would be huh. amazing for Wyoming with uh, Sean, uh, Sean Chambers at quarterback and things like that. But I've seen two different things on the Missouri thing really quick. We won't go into Missouri D, but – the tutor cooperated. They took tests for them, did coursework. Because they admitted a wrongdoing, even though they cooperated, they get hit hard. UNC fought the whole way to say, nope, this is legit. We're keeping these grades. We say this is a legitimate class. They get nothing. Hmm. I think that's completely wrong. Well, I saw the thing. I think it was Jason Kirk that put it out there that they gave the, the tutor the same show cause that they gave to Dave Bliss. Oh, wow. Yeah. Who, really? if, if you don't remember. Covered up murder. He, he tried to cover up murder. <laughs> murder and cheating exact same thing yeah that's that's even on the weight scale the blind judge right don't think that's Mm -hmm. the same thing oh geez not ideal no it just tells me like seriously don't talk to ncaa just if you believe it it's like the george costanza if you believe Mm -hmm. it long if you believe it hard enough it's true yeah (laughs) so that's not terrible i don't like the schedule i just kind of felt saying i want to know i apologize that's a good one but i was expecting more because he replies on twitter Against us, I don't think he's our biggest fan. He might hate follow us, I think, possibly, <laughs> because of some response to back and forth. But I will still say it's – okay, I'll just say it's just not my favorite one. Is that a better way to put it? Okay, so if you had – right now, obviously we don't know a lot before spring ball and everything like that. If That's you had to fine. put it on a scale of 1% to 100%, mm-hmm. what kind of chances would you give Wyoming of beating Missouri at home in August? Missouri at home. Um, let me take a quick look because we'll talk about the Caesar Palace national title odds really quick. Mm-hmm. The, and here's the thing too. Part of it we don't know. Players are free to transfer because of the postseason ban. Mm-hmm. And people are talking, oh, maybe, maybe um, what's his name? Murray. Well, it's Murray, right? Or no, Trevor Lawrence. No, not Murray. Kelly Bryant. Kelly Bryant. Where am I getting my names mixed up? Kelly Bryant. I said Murray. Apologies. He came from Clemson to go to Missouri. It's like he doesn't care about a bowl game. He wants to go to the NFL. So why transfer at this point? What's the deal? Um so we don't know who's going to be on that team right now. Just the point of emphasis or reference, Missouri is given 200, doesn't matter now, but 200 to one odds to win the national title. Mm-hmm. That is what middle of the pack. I'd say it's kind of a small print here, but then you go to Wyoming. Oh, I have to open the actual picture because the tweet doesn't cover it all. 5,000 to one. If you're keeping track at home, would you put $1 on Wyoming to win the national title? Can you put $1? I'm assuming you can. Here's why I would say yes. Honestly, Missouri at home with a new quarterback, stuff uncertainty, players probably leaving. There's a small chance they can win that game. Small chance. Um, the rest of non-conference is fine. At Texas State, Idaho at Tulsa. Those are all winnable. They get uh, – got to play Boise, Utah State, but why not? I, I'd i be basically throwing money away to give me the dollar, but sure, why not? See, personally, I subscribe to the uh, Kevin Malone philosophy of, of gambling <laughs> against the odds. Where if somebody gives you ten thousand to one Always on anything, <laughs> you take it every time. He's actually. Should I get my photo with him? He's coming to Fanex in Salt Lake City in April. Should yes. I, should I spend the money to get a photo with Kevin Malone? Yes, you should. Of the office, if those who are wondering who that guy is, the accountant. Mm-hmm. So sure, why not? He's like always take the odds. Um, what's what's one you'd go with? Like, let's go through one of the other ones you you liked or didn't like. Well, since we're talking about Wyoming, 
Um, I saw someone else mention it, and I'm trying to scroll through, and I don't see it. Is it Sean oh, it's actually – yeah, Sean Chambers takes the Mountain West by storm that is submitted to us by Mountain West Hot Takes at MWC underscore hot underscore takes. Question. Was MWC Hot Takes taken? Does he need the under, – do they – sorry, he or she need the underscores? I don't know. That page is available. <laughs> Just wonder. So, what, so what, do, what, do we, what do you think about that one? He played reasonably well when he's under quarterback. However, it helps have Nico Evans, right? To take a it, ton of the pressure off. It does. But when you take a step back and look at what, for instance, Xavier Valade was a true freshman last year. Obviously, Evans was the guy who handled the majority of the workload. Mm-hmm. But in spot duty, Valade wasn't bad, really. You know, he averaged a little over five and a half yards per carry. He only scored three times, but he only carried the ball 71 times total. And when you look at the more advanced numbers, one thing that jumps out to me is that he was right there with Evans as far as highlight yards per opportunity. And in layman's terms, basically, every time he's getting to the second level, he's getting over six yards after the first five yards, which is good. not which is not insignificant. That's good. So, so if and obviously there's a lot to figure out in the spring ball, you know, if they decide to go more with a running back by committee or if they make someone like Valade or Javon Bigelow more the bell cow in the same way that they have in years past. But I think they have options back there to be able to take the pressure off of Chambers. But if Chambers can come back 100% healthy mm-hmm. with whoever ends up in the backfield with him, I wouldn't bet against him. Here's another thing to consider why that could be a good option there. They bring back, like Austin Conway's coming back, a couple receivers are back. They do lose their tight end, which wasn't, that big of a deal with Austin Ford and uh, Tyree Mayfield. But mm-hmm. offensive line, they bring back three of the five starters from the final two deep or from final depth chart. So that's th- true. That be helpful with the running game played as well as it did last year. More experience, especially when you consider three of those guys coming back are all freshmen and a junior. So it's like, well, I'd say it's um. So if he thinks you're taken by storm, what do you think they mean by that? Like uh, top four quarterback in the conference? Yeah, but I mean, if you think about who's coming back in the conference, you know, the McMarion's gone, mm-hmm. Rippon's gone, mm-hmm. uh, Ganji's gone. gone. So you know, Jordan Love is probably the inside track as the best quarterback in the conference. Um, not probably, he is. He is. Um, Armani Rogers, maybe number two, maybe Donald Hammond from Air Force. I like him a lot. So maybe it wouldn't take that much for him <laughs> to jump into that conversation. True, because so I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say it's a hot take. I'm a, I'm gonna agree with the screen name. Yeah. Uh, I don't necessarily know exactly how stupid a take it is, though. I think it's a pretty fair take. Yeah, I did ask for stupid early. Well, here's the exact tweet: recording a stupid early look at 2019. Give us your hottest take. So I didn't ask for your stupidest take. Oh, that's true. So I we just go with our stupid upset, stupid early pick. So. Um, let me go to the next one here. Let's see. Okay, should I go to my favorite one now? Just because I like it so much. Yes, let's do it. A good Twitter follow at fake coach mummy, Coach Rolovich, because you know at media day he likes to spice it up. Mm-hmm. He will bring boys to men with him to media day. <laughs> so why? So why does that one jump out to you? It's just hilarious, and because it's something Coach Rolovich would try to do. He remember he tried to bring a monkey, a monkey. He had a Britney Spears impersonator. He brought Elvis. This would step it up to a group. And honestly, what is boys to men doing nowadays? Not much. Now, see, the only reason I would disagree 
is because I think it's more likely that he hires a Lady Gaga and a Bradley Cooper impersonator. Ooh. Because of course, because of course, Lady Gaga has her residency at the Park MGM, I believe. Ooh, that's a good pull there. So it wouldn't surprise me if if they broke out both of those come next June. He's had two. It's a, it's a senior theme that he's gone with so far. Mm-hmm. What about a um? Here we go. A Wayne Newton impersonator. He's always there, right? You know what I would really like to see, even though I feel like it's less likely? Penn and Teller? <laughs> no. I mean, I have seen them live, but that's... No, what I really want to see is I want to see a, I want to see a Steven Tyler impersonator. Ooh, okay. Because Aerosmith, of course, has their residency in Vegas as well. That's true. That's not, that's not bad. That, there's, some, there's some good picks if he's going to get one of those people to keep it theme. So that's a good one. Um, Let's see. Here's, let's go with these two. I'll, I'll go one more here. I'll actually, I'll take two and then let you hop back on. A couple okay. of San Jose, San Jose State options. Two people, our buddy Brandon Blake, six wins, and then uh, Jason Vander Twig, Twig, I want to say. Mm-hmm. He says bowl eligible. So here's the thing about San Jose State. <laughs> They're not going to get bowl eligibility. Well, I mean, it's going to be it's going to depend on a couple of very significant questions. You know, to me, and this is kind of a spoiler for the uh, first hashtag column Tuesday That's coming out next week. Cause I wrote about San Jose state and what I wanted to focus on was the offense because I think whatever progress they're going to make next year to me, their 2019 seems very reminiscent of what I thought the position UNLV was coming into this year where, you know, the defense had some question marks, but the offense had enough pieces in place to help them take a step forward, if not to bowl eligibility, then at least from you know one win to, I don't know, four wins in the win column. That's about right, because when you look at the returning production from that Bill Connolly piece, they're middle of the pack, 62%, mm-hmm. 60, well, 63% offense, 62% defense. Mm-hmm. They do lose some good guys like Boogie Roberts and a couple others, but Josh Oliver, notably an offense tight end. But it depends what they're going to do at quarterback, running back. There's a lot of stuff there, but... They show, well, like, see that—that's that, the thing. I think we know what they're going to do at quarterback. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure if he's healthy, Josh Love is going to be the guy. I mean, like, can he get that much better? That's the and, thing. And if he's healthy, Tyler Nevins is going to be the guy in the backfield. And he'll be a good back. And if they're healthy, Bailey Gaither and Trey Walker are both going to be really good explosive downfield options. Mm-hmm. I noticed. To me, I noticed it, to me it's going to. It's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, one of the big questions is health luck. You know, can they keep love upright? Because when he was on the field, he we'll we'll talk more about it in future weeks, but he was not bad in a lot of ways that you wouldn't expect a this a Spartans quarterback to be. It was just they didn't have all of their number one guys on the field at the same time pretty much all season long because you know, love was out for two or three weeks throughout the year. Nevins missed a few weeks in September. Mm-hmm. Gaither was gone by by the end of September. Mm-hmm. And if all of those guys are healthy and playing at a high level, then this is an offense that, if it comes together, can keep them in games in the way that we saw them do a few times last year. You know, obviously they lost the game to UC Davis, but they did score 38 points in that game. And, you know, they did score 41 against Hawaii, and they did beat UNLV last Mm -hmm. year. So it's not like it's impossible. So do you think – because here's our non-conference slate really quick. They Mm -hmm. host Northern Colorado, which should be a win. Hosting Tulsa, probably – I'll say no. 
Going to Arkansas, not that Arkansas is anything good, but they're not going to win that. And Army's probably a top 25 team or close to it. Mm-hmm. So that might, what, probably one win in non-conference play? Uh, I would say most likely. I mean, Tulsa, who really knows, because they kind of bottomed out in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe two at most, but then they got the West Division, which is still kind of weaker a little bit. At least the there's more competitive games. I would say depending on what UNLV can do with uh, Rodgers coming back healthy, they have to replace Lexington Thomas, replace a couple players. Uh, San Diego State, they're all going to be good. Fresno will be fine, still better. It's still like the games they can, Nevada could be maybe a winnable game, but it's going to be tough. It depends. I forget who they play in the mountainside right now, but getting to six wins will take a lot for them. It'll be That's probably their best case scenario by far. Yeah, I mean, I would say that it, it is definitely a hot take. But again, I think the offense, however it comes together, is going to lead the way towards whatever progress they make in the win column. We'll talk about their our stupid stuff next week, or not stupid stuff, but actual predictions. If you had to put a percentage on them getting to six wins right now, what would it be? Ooh, uh, 3%. 3%. Wow. And if you're wondering well, if, if you want to put odds for the win national title, they're dead last with some other teams like Liberty and Kent State. I'm about to say they're tied 10, for dead last. to one. Tied for last a couple of teams. Like you said, the ten thousand to one. Yeah, I mean it's not like it's it's not impossible, but they're gonna need to score an upset or two to get to six wins because you know, Northern Colorado probably beatable, Tulsa probably beatable, um New Mexico probably beatable, UNLV, who even knows? And, you know, even though they get Boise State and Fresno State this year, they get them both at home. And it wasn't that long ago that they actually hung tough with Fresno State for at least a half. Correct. So again, it's like it's it's a difference. The difference between playing one really good quarter or two really good quarters and playing a really good sixty minutes. That is kind of that big final step, which is also maybe the biggest question facing the team as they move forward. That's true. Do you want to take our other combo, San Jose State New Mexico hot take? That was an interesting one too. Uh, let's see who. Uh, that was from at Mamachi Doug. Uh, New Mexico at San Jose is the only FBS win for whatever team manages to win. I think that's not a hot take. That's a smart take, <laughs> <laughs> right? I th- I mean I think uh, I mean I don't know. I mean, who do you think is more likely to be winless against FBS competition going into that matchup? Because think- obviously. The, it hasn't been announced yet the when that's going to happen. Yeah, the dates haven't been announced. That's a part of a. That's tough to figure out at this moment. But you figure at a minimum they will have played, you know, Northern Colorado, Tulsa, Arkansas because they don't play Army. San Jose State does until mm-hmm. October. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and then we just talked about the fact that they are likely to have a pretty fair chance against at least two of those opponents. Mm-hmm. But oh, again, F. Back- FBS though, remember, so Northern Colorado doesn't consider, oh, yeah, isn't true. considered. So, by contrast, New Mexico in, in non-conference play goes at Notre Dame, loss at Liberty, mm, probably loss. <laughs> well, I said they lost last year. I know that's what I'm saying, yeah, and it's a road game. And home versus New Mexico State, probably loss. So, I mean, if it were me right now, probably New Mexico, isn't it? To win. To know to be the old, to be the oh. one more likely to be winless against FBS competition. I would have to agree because also consider new offensive coordinator. There's so much crap flowing around the campus there. 
one of my hot takes will be when I last year where it's maybe it'll come true or not, but I got to lean, I got to lean San Jose to win that game. Yeah, man, I think you're right. And, and, and kinda, also, kinda, oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, going back to what we were talking about earlier, as far as returning production, New Mexico is one of those teams that not only were they losing a lot to graduation, but let's not forget two of their best defensive playmakers transferred in the off season. Sorry, and the returner you know, too. Rashawn Epting's gone. Marcus Hayes is gone. Um, it's not pretty. And especially on the defensive side of the ball where they already struggled to make plays and, and play consistently. That's kind. They're only bringing back 43% of their returning production on that side of the ball. That's not good for a team that's trying to get out of the cellar. So if San Jose State winners, it's a twofold question. Let's say we, we both pick San Jose State. Is that okay. also their only FBS win? No. Okay. I, I kind of agree. I think they'll get uh, – if they're going to knock somebody off, I forget who they get home and road schedule because I don't have that in front of me. And the dates aren't set up, so it's hard to pick another. But I would say they would um, – they'll get at least two wins, maybe mm-hmm. more. But they'll get more than one. So, well, that's still – it's a pretty good take there, Doug. Appreciate it. So – why don't we talk a little bit about Utah State? All right, go for it. What do you got? Because I mean, what was really interesting was that there were a lot of diverging hot takes about the Aggies. So on one hand, for instance, you have our, our good friend True Aggie at one True Aggie saying uh, Utah State wins the whole shooting match in 2019 and they get to a New Year's Six Bowl. Whereas you know uh, one of our other longtime followers, Alex Lunal Lunal at Lunal Newport. Utah State will return to Earth now that they don't avoid San Diego State, Fresno State, and Nevada. It's a that's a possibility. The both I can maybe see both a little bit because their schedule was pretty soft, missing the top teams out west. So that means they are going to. I should pull up their schedule here while we're doing that. But they play the. That means I don't know who they miss. They then they miss. Um, I, I I have to pull up their schedule. I should do it. But they make a good. They make a good point. Alex says because. San Diego State, yeah, they dip down. They're going to be not as easy as beating San Jose State or Hawaii. Fresno State loses a ton, but they'll still be they're still better than those teams. Nevada, we'll see because they lose Tyganji, McLean, Mannix. There's a couple of guys, um, Nephi, Cephala to BYU. So I would say Nevada's slightly better than those teams, but it will be a a tougher challenge for Utah State for sure. Yeah. So out of the West this year, they miss UNLV, Hawaii, and San Jose State. Oh. But what I think, what I think, both of these t- takes and maybe the first one especially overlooks is the fact that they have to go to LSU in non-conference play. Yeah. So that's uh, what. What do you make? What do you mean? How do you consider that in? For the, I mean, uh, I mean, LSU is going to be pretty good. No, yeah, no. I mean, do you like to be honest? That doesn't matter for a New Year's game or not. They could lose that and still be in the running. As we've seen, maybe. Years past. I guess it would depend on how they lose that game. Like if they get blown out. It might take them a long time to claw their way back into a top, a potential top twenty-five. Sure, but they also guarantee right now, call it, they will not get any votes in the preseason polls either poll. Yeah, I guess that's true. Like zero. So if they lose, say they, it's a Michigan State type game, thirty-seven, thirty-one, mm-hmm. are they going to get a vote or two if they lose? And you, and LSU is probably a top eight team going into the next season. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, let's let's go with um. Okay, where do you where do you fall online? Will they go in between? Like, I don't. I think both are pretty extreme. I might lean more toward Alex. Here's the thing with the Utah State the new coach. People could say the one about Gary Anderson. I still say it was a lazy hire, but it may be like the Tedford of hires where it works out perfectly fine. The process I thought was flawed, 
but he's a guy who knows know the area. He, they brought in a lot of good coaches. They but they don't have much holdover from the prior staff at all. So like honestly, we don't know what their offense is going to be. We really don't know what their defense is going to be besides having guys like David Woodward, Tippa, a few other guys. They lose uh, Tarver's not there anymore. They lose Darwin Thompson, running back gone, but they do have Joe Bright there, Jordan Love clearly. Um, are they going to run the same offense to do what they did last year in steamroll teams? Or first off, why change it? I we just there's a lot of question marks of what are they going to do on offense and defense? Yeah, they're definitely losing a lot on the offensive side of the ball. You mentioned. Well, pretty much everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but just more to the point, like they're losing Thompson, their leading rusher. They're losing their top four receivers from last year. Oof. You know, Tarver, Jalen Green, Aaron Vaughn's, Dax Raymond, those guys combined for about 140 catches. And while they do have some talent coming up that I think will do just fine, you know, like Jordan Nathan was pretty good in spots. Devin Tompkins was pretty good in spots. But they're going to need one or two of those guys to take on bigger roles. And like you said, are they going to run that same up-tempo attack? Are they going to choose to scale it back? Who really knows? I think it helps that they're bringing more back on defense. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of tempted to, to split the difference between those two tags. Like I, I think they'll take a small step back. But I don't know it's going to be that big, uh, or maybe as big as, as the uh, the Aggies haters out there might think that it would be. Here's what, And also the offensive line loses quite a bit as well. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing too, which is deceiving. Like the people, like what does this Bill Connolly stats mean, returning production? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it's based on, like you mentioned, all the yards and catches that are gone from the receiving group. Utah State's only is 110th in, in offensive production back. Mm-hmm. At forty six percent, they're about they're hundred fourth overall. But here's the thing: when you look at some of the stuff like a defensive back passes defense correlation or linebacker mm-hmm. stuff like that, linebackers tackles. Okay, they had a lot of guys who Jordan Love sat at halftime a lot of mm-hmm. games, and so that's a counter argument. Like no stats perfect, even know how deep and how you divide it up to make it weighted equally for. Basically, his this scenario here, every rushing yard and tackles equals the same, whether it's a first quarter, fourth quarter, starter, four string guy. Mm-hmm. So Utah State might be better off, better than this returning numbers indicate, because they had so many games like these guys probably played what three to five games total, mm-hmm. almost, or maybe let's say three to four, because you know, most of them played say two quarter, a quarter and a half a game essentially for the big leads, bringing guys in at halftime, building that depth. That's an area where these numbers here, what they're returning back. Yeah, this guy may have only had 15 tackles, but he played in basically 18 quarters. Mm-hmm. And so I think that could be a little deceiving. So I'm, I'm, I am leaning towards you. I don't think they're going to be as good as last year because a lot of unknowns. But here's the you have the best quarterback in the conference. Um, Gary Anderson comes in as a defensive coach. Like, who's who's really – like, Wyoming well, loses Hazleton as her D.C., Nevada, Fresno has a really good defense there. Did they lose their DC or is he sticking around again? No, they lost OC. Yeah, Burt Watts is still there. Yeah. So, like, it, does Gary Anderson really come in to be the second best defensive coach in the conference? Just about. Or third best? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. just because of what he's done and what he has coming back. And so, I think, like, can they get double digit wins? Maybe, but I don't think they're going to a New Year's Six game because of how much they lost. And they're not going to take teams by too much of a surprise of last year. Yeah, I think you're right about that. So, but it's uh, those are good ones. I would, yeah, leaning in between, and also, what does falling back to earth mean for Utah State? Because 
They had this year as the best year in a long time. They were god awful before, terrible, but they've been actually like eight to ten wins. What does that mean? Just win nine games? Utah State fans are probably be perfectly fine with have replacing what they have and going nine and three. If you listen to this and you would not be satisfied, let us know if you would be satisfied or dissatisfied with nine wins in 2019. Yeah. By the way, since we've been talking about it every so often, the Aggies are a thousand to one to win the national championship next year. Would you take that? Mm, Nah, I don't think so. Got to beat LSU. That's a tough one. Yeah. All right. um, Let's go to the next one here. Let's go through. We've been kind of bouncing around. Um, Oh, here's another we didn't mention from Idaho Aggie, Michael Lemon 78 on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, Utah State replaces nearly an entire coaching staff, we mentioned. NFL Kyle running back, check. Tight end who I'm calling it right now. I'll call a stupid pick right now, even though it'll still technically be 2019. Dax Raymond will be the first player selected from the Mountain West in the NFL draft coming up. Interesting. Is that is that too controversial? I don't think so, no. Okay. Four receivers and still win 10 games and the MWC title. Whew. That's a blowtorch there, man. That's asking a lot. That is asking a lot. And if you didn't, I'm trying to find the stat. Okay, so here's a, here's a, a, I don't know if it's going to apply directly to Utah State, but it's something that more than a few teams in the conference are going to have to keep in mind um, with regards to returning production. The bottom 10 teams in last year's returning production they saw their win total decrease by a combined 27 games. Oh, I saw that, yeah. So they they won 76 games in 2017, and they won 49 games in 2018. And one of those, there's one, if you can take a wild stab as to the one Mountain West team that was in that conversation. Say, sorry, say that stat again. So the, the bottom 10 teams in returning production last year, Mm-hmm. So saw their win total decrease by about the two and a half a to wild two thing. and three quarters. No, no actually. Not, no, no, no. They brought, hold on, hold on. They brought a lot back. What am I saying? Um, oh, geez. Uh, San Diego State. No. So am I, maybe I'm misreading the stat. You're saying the teams that brought back the least amount of production. Yes. And they also decreased a win total as well? Yes. Okay, sorry. I was, think, I was thinking backwards. Um, who lost all the talent? Oh, geez. This is terrible podcast if I'm thinking out loud. Uh, oh, do you want me to just tell you the answer? Just tell me the answer. I'm floundering. Okay, so four of the bottom ten last year lost four more games. Navy, yeah. Louisville, Central Michigan, and Colorado State. Oh, that's that's it. Colorado State, yes. Yeah, so. And, and oh, by the way, the Rams are 125th again oh. this year. One in 12. One in 11. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, I mean, if you give this kind of thing credence like I do, it's kind of a grim sign. Sorry, Rams fans. Sorry, Mike. but but if it if it makes any difference at all, you know Utah State isn't in that bottom ten, but they are in the triple digits as far as returning production overall, which you know kind of lends a little bit of evidence, I think, to the conversation we've been having about how much of a backslide they might have. But in that conversation with the Rams this year, Fresno State, they're actually next to last. They're 129th in returning production. And Wyoming at 120th. Well, um, we'll see, right? So so basically just what that means is historically those teams are going to have an uphill climb to hang on to whatever gains they made last year. But also if you're a Wyoming or Fresno fan, take a step back and go in. Like, would you be okay if your team wins nine games next year? Yes. 
So yeah, especially after that one win season a couple years ago. Yeah, um, and so that's and so that's why I think that Utah State fans, for the most part, if they took a step back but still won nine games, I think that the majority of Aggies fans would be totally okay with that. Yeah, because then Jordan Love will come back for another year, presumably, and then all bets are off, right? Yeah. Which leads me to this one. Jordan Love, Heisman Trophy candidate. False. I mean, it, it can't go much worse than the Chucky Keaton Heisman uh, candidacy, could it? I don't know. Dark Horse Heisman. Well, I don't want to say anything out loud because that'd be rude. Because injuries, I don't want to wish on anybody. But he said he does, does preface it by Dark Horse candidate by uh, Jordan underscore Eck E-C-K. So what what would a Mountain West player or Mountain West quarterback, since you're talking about Jordan Love, mm-hmm. what would they feasibly have to do to get an invite to New York? Oh, jeez. Um, we've seen it with um, Alex Smith a long time ago, which mm-hmm. was a top six rank in regular season, undefeated, gaudy stats. We had was Derek Carr a finalist? Uh, I don't think he was an official finalist. I know that he finished fifth. Okay, I think they took four. And then Cullen Moore was he a finalist in the Mountain West or in the WAC? Oh man, I can't remember off the top of my head. I want to say WAC. Um, it'll take something special. It'll take. Here's the first preface: undefeated season. Mm. So scratch off whoever you want to say for that. It would have to basically, let's say this, take Cole McDonald's first half stat numbers from last year, double it and go undefeated. And you got a fighting chance. I'm just going to throw one number out there. What's that? 50 touchdowns. You think that'll get a Heisman finalist? I think if Jordan loves those 50 touchdowns, then, or, or maybe just combines for 50 touchdowns running and throwing, which, I don't know. I would give him a non-zero chance of doing that. Because how many how many touchdowns did he run for last year? I'm trying to look that up. I'm checking because he had he had he had 32 passing touchdowns. He had seven on the ground, so he had 39 combined touchdowns. Yeah, I mean 50. I think if he can get to 50 combined touchdowns and they run the table, he should definitely be in the mix for. If he doesn't get like the official invite, like Derek Carr didn't, he should definitely top finish five. in that same neighborhood, the top five. Yeah. Okay, so Dwayne Haskins, really quick, Ohio State finals had 54 total touchdowns. 50 passing, yeah. 4 rushing, but he also, Ohio State. Yeah, so let's start <laughs> Let's start there. 50 touchdowns, let's go. All right, so that, okay, I'd see that. Um, will it be Jordan Love? I don't know. All right, do you have an, um, any other ones you want to go through You that tickle your fancy there? <laughs> okay, so this one's interesting. From uh, at Corey W. Crow, UNLV will make a bowl. If they don't, Tony Sanchez is fired. Who? That's a good one because it's realistic because UNLV has a new athletic director, mm-hmm. and it's Sanchez not their not their hire. Um, what year is Tony Sanchez going into? Five. I believe so. Yeah. Um, I would say that's a realistic option, but also a little hot takey as well, a little fiery. That's true. Because that's assuming. UNLV is going to be good, which they maybe. I don't know. With obviously, if you have a uh, Armani Rogers healthy and good to go, they're fine. Sanchez has not gone to a bowl game. He's entering year five, a record of sixteen and thirty-two. He was close to pass last year. You kind of give him a pass because the injury deal, but mm-hmm. I think that's a realistic possibility. More so, not that he doesn't make a bowl game because he's shown some improvement, like the four-win year in twenty sixteen. Should have been to bowl game twenty seventeen last year. Injuries and. It was last year's a mess at the midway point. So, like, if you were to go five and seven and still have the same AD, probably be safe. But 
with a new AD in town, I think a bowl game has to happen or he could be gone. Is that, that may not be the right choice, but I think that's a very realistic possibility. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I just, that's definitely a hot take that UNLV is going to go bowling. I mean, what's well, hot? Yeah, well, never mind. That's a redundant question. Go ahead. Well, I mean, the upside, if you're a Rebels fan, is they are a lot closer to the upper end of returning production than they are to the to the lower end. You know, we talked about Wyoming, Colorado State being in the in, in the bottom 10. UNLV's in the top 40. And they're not really losing that much on either side of the ball. Like, obviously, they're losing their leading tackler in Dalton Baker. And they're losing Lexington Thomas. But they're bringing pretty much everybody back at the skill positions. Uh, I believe that they're only graduating Nathan Jacobson on the offensive line. So... I don't want to say that there's a non-zero chance. I mean, I'm not going to say there's zero chance that they make a bowl, but I think that until they figure out how to play defense more consistently, I'm going to put it at a little less than 50-50 that they make a bowl. I think it's possible. Also, bringing back basically every receiver plus Talon Collins, mm-hmm. who's pretty good. So, you know, to me, they're kind of like they're in that same boat as San Jose State, where the offense is going to have to lead the way. Which I think and, it will. And we, and we saw a little bit of that before Rodgers got injured last year. And then the defense just could not keep them in games. Yeah. So I think if they're going to get to six wins, they're going to have to do it on the strength of their offense. And, and Charles Williams is a pretty good back. Like he's yes, a year, he another year back from being healthy. And he played f- fairly well. Mm-hmm. Also to consider their non-covered schedule is not overbearing. Southern Utah, Arkansas State at home. That's That should be a fairly winnable game possibly. Arkansas State's good but not amazing. And mm-hmm. all things considered, going to Northwestern, yes, they are the defending Big Ten West, whatever. They made the Big Ten title game, but I don't trust them. Uh-huh. I saw them play Utah 10-7, to a worst game ever for a Pac-12 title. <laughs> and they go to Vanderbilt, who um, lost Andy Lugwood to University of Utah, so maybe that's an upgrade for Vanderbilt. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that non-conference schedule is not daunting. Like They could go 3-1 and one maybe, maybe. If the offense clicks and the defense can keep up, I there's a big swing from one and three and, well, sorry, I'd say well, they should they should get one win at least maybe mm-hmm. two, but uh, I would say it's a, it's a toss up right. Now. I think I would lean more toward yes, they're getting them getting to a bowl game finally breaking through, mm-hmm. because guessing injuries is kind of hard to do. It's like last year, who would have thought they got lose all, lose all those players, especially Rogers, for half the season. Mm-hmm. All right, um, what else we got here? Okay, so House of Hate at House of H8. Fresno State will be a top 20 program throughout the year. Do you want to start or do you want me to start with that one? I don't know about that one. That is definitely a hot take. Um, First of all, they're not going to start top 20, so you mark that off right away. (laughs) Right? Okay, so let's (laughs) – if we want to hedge that a little bit and say (laughs) that they will work their way into the top 20 at some point and they will stay there. Okay. Who's your quarterback, Matt? Right now, it's probably Jorge Reyna. Okay. But I imagine that there will be some uh, competition in that regard because there, there's a lot of promise behind him. Like a lot of people in in, uh, in the know really like uh, Hunter Rackett, who I believe is supposed to be a – he's either going to be a redshirt freshman or a sophomore. I don't have the roster at the top of my head. Um, but there's a lot of people who like him. There's a lot of people who like Stephen Comstock. 
So, I mean, I think that Reyna showed enough to go into spring with the inside track to the starting job, but I don't think it's a given that the job is going to be his. I think he's going to have to step up and earn it. Along uh, with pretty, along with pretty much everybody else, you know, that's a pass catcher because the Fresno State's losing pretty much everybody. Mm-hmm. Keyshawn Johnson gone. He loses what? Jeff Allison, linebacker, reigning player of the year. They're like, losing a lot. But you know what? If, if they if they are a top twenty team, just like give Jeff Tepper a lifetime contract next year. Give him a ten million dollar bonus for going to a bowl game. I don't know. <laughs> give him his outrageous bonus structure he has. Uh, like it's just like they're losing so much on on both sides of the ball. That it's you know kind of like we're talking about with Utah State. I think both of these teams are in the same boat. Where I I don't think that getting to twelve wins, I don't think that being a top twenty program is sustainable, at least for this year. Do you think? But, I, but I would be very disappointed if they won fewer than in, than eight games. And I definitely wouldn't be surprised if they were able to claw their way to another division title. Will they beat USC week one? <sighs> See that's you know if you had asked me that two weeks ago, I would have felt a lot better about it than I than I do now because of the fact that they were able to hire Graham Harrell away from North Texas. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, the last time we saw North Texas, Utah State was beating the crap out of them in the New Mexico Bowl. But they he's put together top forty offenses in Denton like the last two or three years, so. Maybe he doesn't have the name recognition of a Cliff Kingsbury, but I think that's a good landing spot for him. And so I think it's going to be really interesting to see how he brings that offense together. So you, so you're telling me you'd have been more confident if Cliff Kingsbury was there instead? No, no, no. I'm saying that in the interim, where neither Cliff Kingsbury or Graham Harrell were there, ah. I would have felt a lot better about their chances. But I think Harrell's a good hire for the Trojans, and so I'm, I'm. For now, in at the at the end of January, I'm feeling a little less optimistic at okay. the moment. I guess if you can't get your number one Texas Tech guy, you go to your number two Texas Tech guy. That's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. So, uh, I because there's not covered schedule like USC. They have stuff like they weren't good last year. They won five games. They were mixing things up. Clay Helton's always in the hot seat because it's Clay Helton and not some crazy good name. But mm-hmm. like they're not covered schedule, it's it, they could easily go three and one or four and zero. Oh. Getting Minnesota at home, like that should be a win again. I think Sac State at New Mexico State, they're going to start off on the right track. Here's the thing: if they beat USC, they might be in a top twenty team just because you beat USC. That's true. So I think they will get some votes in a preseason poll, but not many because again, we haven't even mentioned Ronnie Rivers, who will be probably the best back in the conference up there. So it's um, I will say probably not, but. I'll say this. I'll say at one point in the year they'll be in, they'll be top twenty at one point in the year, mm-hmm. at least for one week. All right, so I think we've run through all of them, but one at we, this point. We got two more. I'm looking at. Them oh, right we got two, two more. more. Okay, so which one do you want to go to first? Um, Nevada goes ten and two and plays in the New Year's Six game from Kings. I'll I'll do the whole thing for you, buddy. Chris Freeman, since you tweeted to us, King with a Z, F A N F A N nine one six two seven nine. Is that his a locker combination at the local uh, Vasa or Gold's Gym? <laughs> um, I'm going to say no on that, but that's a, that's a bold take there. Very bold. That that might be the hottest take of them all. More than Utah State? More than Utah Well, I mean, I think obviously Utah State finished on a higher note than Nevada did last year, and they finished higher in the standings. More than Heisman, Dark Horse Heisman contender? I guess that could mean anything, Dark Horse Heisman contender. That's pretty wide open. 
But Nevada nationally is in, you know, going back to the returning production conversation again, they're middle of the pack as far as what they're bringing back on both sides of the ball. They're 66th overall. Um, but they're bringing, a, I think, a little more back on offense than they are on defense. Obviously, they lose Ganji and they're losing McLean Mannix to transfer. But they've got Toa Tawa coming back. They've got Devontae Lee coming back. That's a pretty strong one-two combination in the backfield. Mm-hmm. And other than Mannix, they're bringing everybody back in the receiving core. So I think if they can find enough playmakers on defense to be you know, middle of the pack again, because last year they ended up about 69th in defensive SP plus. If they can finish in that same range again and solve their quarterback competition, whether it's Christian Solano or someone else, I mean, I'd, I don't know that I would say 10 and two, but they would definitely be in the mix to be very competitive again next year as, as competitive as anybody in the, in the West division for sure. Yeah. That one for me, Henry's on who's going to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing. Cause your non-conference schedule they get Purdue at home, which we'll see. They did keep Brom there, so it's a big deal. They get to Oregon, which probably be a loss because uh, Herbert's back. But Oregon was kind of shaky a little bit last year. Weber stayed at home, which they can put a ball point, so that's not a gimme. And then going to UTEP, which should be a gimme. So if you're looking at two losses overall, they're probably looking at the Oregon game. Does Boy- Does Nevada play Boise this year? They do not. They skip Boise. So I'm they guessing... Get, they get they get New Mexico, Utah State, and Wyoming out of the Mountain Division. So if they're only going to get two losses, I'd probably put my money on Utah State or Fresno State if they're only going with two losses, plus Oregon. Speaking of Nevada, I had my eye on... I think this is officially the last one among the people that responded. Another Nevada take from Forrest Sutherland at air underscore Forrest with two R's underscore one mm-hmm. spelled out <laughs> Nevada loses to Weber State <sighs> I will give that an 18 no no sir a 12% chance of happening so I'm assuming that you know a little bit more about Weber State as a Utah team than I do a little bit they yeah they've been to the FCS playoffs past couple years mm-hmm. they nearly made it to I want to say the semis or title game lost Eastern no James Madison a couple years ago like in a shootout their coach coaching Jay Hill has been around like at University of Utah BYU a few, few different places in town mm-hmm. they could score points that's the thing they're they're probably not going to win that game but they'll put a scare into Nevada for sure like they they've been one of like they played the big sky which is the best conference in FCS have been in the playoffs I think two straight years mm-hmm. in advance in the playoffs past couple years so right. not a gimme but it should be a win but I would say like a 12% chance Nevada could lose that one. All right. One last quick one, which we did have. It's not a hot take. It's, uh, who is it? Uh, what's his name here? Number one fever. Mm-hmm. Boise State's recruiting class will continue to be fire emojis. That's a, that's a cold take, man. Everybody knows that. I already. know. Top 50 class, number one in G5. I'm like, uh, that's, that's fine. That's a continue the success, right? Sure. We spent a lot of time on these. Are we going to have time for ours really quick? We can do a couple. Like I, I don't think I wrote mine down, but I have a couple of mine. You did not. I'll start with one of mine. Is that okay? Yeah, let's go for it. Um, I'll, I'll go with my hottest one. I'll go one that'll be intriguing that nobody's going to think of except for maybe our buddy Justin Michael. Okay. Colorado State has a new transfer wide receiver. Okay. Nate Craig Myers. Do you know that name at all? Uh, I know that he transferred from Auburn. He was a top five at a position nationally and the state of Florida. 
he'll base he's gonna he's gonna have to miss the first couple of games because it's like college basketball now. So if you transfer at certain points to the full year, so he did he did, he was able to redshirt I think so he's el- he's el- eligible to play next year. He'll mm-hmm. probably come week three or something, maybe week four, but he will basically be what Preston Williams was this year. So again, Nate Craig Myers will be the next big thing in Mount West wide receiver. Speaking of Colorado State receivers, Uh-oh. <laughs> I will I will see your Rams hot take with one of my own. <laughs> what do you got? I think Warren Jackson is going to have a monster year. Okay. Why is that? Well, I mean, you basically laid out the same argument for me, Craig Myers, <laughs> I that, that, I was, that I was going to make for Warren <laughs> Jackson. Because, I mean, they're they're losing Williams. They're losing all BC Johnson. He's their number one guy coming back. And, you know, even though he had only had 51 targets, only 32 catches last year, like the, the way that he is built and like just the playmaking ability that I have seen, you know, when I have seen the Rams play over the last couple of years, you know, his catch rate dropped a little bit last year from his freshman year. He was 75% as a freshman and 63% last year. But it would not surprise me at all if he were the guy to step up and just get a ton of targets from whoever ends up under center for Colorado State. And actually, it's Colin Hill, right? Is that officially right? Wouldn't it be I, I'm assuming he has the inside track. I'm assuming, again, that that's probably going to be a competition of some kind. Yeah, great. Coach Bobo, quarterback competition. Love it. But I just think, <laughs> I just think that he's going to be the guy that's going to get a lot of work. And with that in mind, you know, we're talking about a, a – we're talking about a conference that's losing a more at wide receiver than you might think because Preston Williams is gone. Keyshawn Johnson's gone. John Ursua's gone. Um, Sean Monster is gone. Tarver's gone. Josh Oliver's gone. Raymond's gone. McClay Mannix is gone. Like there's, there's, there's opportunities for someone like Warren Jackson to take a huge leap forward in production and be a first team all conference performer. Can I make a take that you're going to make that you don't know yet? Okay. Your team to predict fewer wins to get a lot of wins will be Colorado State. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know if I'm going to go that far. We'll see. I I'm just, just saying, like I like if I'm, if there's, I mean, there's there's a handful of players that I'm really optimistic about their chances to take a big step forward. Warren Jackson is definitely one of them. Okay. All right. Let me go with another one really quick. Um, this will be super quick. Bob Davy for real this time will get fired in season. You think so? I think it's going to happen. It has to. They're just a mess. And he's not doing anything but negative things to that program. And there's other stuff going on behind the scenes. If you just look at and, and I'm fishbowl, a lot of stuff going on. Though my only caveat, which I will put an asterisk, is because they don't have money to pay him to buy him out. But mm. I will I'll say this. My hot take is he gets fired midseason. Guaranteed he will not be on the sideline in twenty twenty. All right. What's your next one? Okay, I'm gonna throw i I'm gonna throw a really spicy one out there. Ooh. Hawaii's going to win 10 games this year. What? 10? I mean, just off off the top of my head. They play 13 games, so like I mentioned that just because. <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a couple of gigantic question marks that they'll have to solve. One is their quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, whoever ends up center center is going to need to figure out how to be more consistent. And they're going to need to figure out how to get to at least below average on defense because there was a huge disparity in what they did on both sides of the ball. They ended up right around the national average on offensive S&P Plus, but they were 119th on the defensive side of the ball. And I don't even think they need to get to the national average in order to make some serious hay because they get four of their five non-conference games at home. 
The only trip they have to make in September is to Husky Stadium to face Washington. Is that their closest road trip, possibly? Uh, let's see. This year they go to Washington, at Nevada, at New Mexico, at UNLV. Yeah, that would at, be. At Boise State. So, yeah, I think that's mileage-wise Seattle will be the closest road trip. But I think that if they can get it together in the same way that they did in the first half of last year, and if the defense can figure out a way to keep up a little bit better as the year wears on, this is absolutely a team that could take another step forward. So if you're saying 10-3, and I'm assuming lost at Washington, at Boise, at San Diego State? Or no, San Diego State at home? Uh, I would say either that or Fresno State. Okay. Um, th- also, really quick, if you weren't keeping track and counting those games, that's only five road games. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty pretty nice schedule there. Um, I'll... Like, and, and 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 I mean, if we if we're looking for a, a way to compare it, like it, think about last year's Utah State team, where mm-hmm. they put up a ton of points and they just blissed people week in and week out. And maybe the schedule wasn't that impressive, but you know they they kept winning. And I think that 2019 could very easily shape up as being very similar for the war for the Warriors this year. Let's stick with the Hawaii theme. I said they'll start off two and zero. All right. Is that spicy? Beating Arizona and Oregon State. Well, I mean, Arizona's kind of a mess, isn't it? They still got Khalil Tate though, so anything could happen. I mean, Khalil Tate is not Khalil Tate anymore. I know. I don't think. I mean, okay. is he? Is I he? Know. I don't know. Kevin Sumlin's a pretty good coach, right? Year two, he'll get stuff going. I mean, I guess. I don't know. Oh, jeez, man. Fine. I'll, I'll say this. With your down talking to that, I'm probably wrong. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying, like, they could definitely beat Arizona. I mean, Arizona might be fine, but I don't think they're going to be a Pac-12 contender or anything like that. So you, I'm assuming you wouldn't be surprised if they're 2-0. and I would not be surprised. Okay. I, I, I need That's a lukewarm take by me. What else you got? Do you have anything else you want to run through really quick? You know who we haven't really talked about yet? Boise State at all? We haven't really talked about <laughs> Yes, that's true. <laughs> I'm just wondering um, the first thing that came to my mind, apparently. Air Force, though. Oh, should I go to mine, or do you have one? Uh, well, why don't we do yours first? Oh. 10-win Air Force season. Ten that, that is spicy. I I put them, in, uh, which we'll talk next week, in our preseason um, stupid early prediction just January. I put them third. Very interesting. Here's the thing. They, they play Colgate. I'm going to win. At Colorado, going to win. Going to Navy, not very good. Should win. Should get the Commander-in-Chief trophy. Army's really good. My main reason, I loved – when Donald Hammond III was playing and healthy, he was – I already know I did my all-time Air Force team. He'd be in the stratosphere of like Tim Jefferson type of player. Mm-hmm. He moved the ball. They looked so much better when he played. And that's why I think they will be that good because of him. And they return – Fullback to return a lot of running back talent too, I believe. So, I think with who they have coming back, Troy Calhoun's a good coach. I think they're going to go go win ten games. Hmm. Now I'm trying to think because I, I had a I had a take in mind and then I thought of a better one. And uh, Curtis Weaver because we mentioned Boise State. Okay. I think he can get to 15 sacks this year. What did he have last year? He had nine and a half last year. Okay. That's pretty good. Fifteen's a lot. Leading I, the wish, co- I wish I knew off the top of my head what the what the conference record was. I could find out probably really quick. Tippa had ten and a half last year. Mm-hmm. So fifteen would be just really quick. The past couple of years you had eleven and Curtis Weaver had eleven as a freshman, so it's not too far fetched. Mm-hmm. Um I wonder if it'd be Jerry Hughes back in the day. 
Remember, it probably is, yeah. Uh, Camela Carrera had 12 in 2014. Mm-hmm. 12. Shaquille Barrett had 12 in uh, 2013 from CSU. Just going through CFB stats really quick. Um, Shaquille Barrett, my, Jerry Hughes had 11 and a half in 09. It might be Shaquille Barrett. That might be the record of 12. Oh, okay. So, beating so, three, so he's just going to go deal. out there and break a record like it's no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> he had, it wouldn't be spraying me. Freshman, 11 sacks. He had, what would you say, nine last year? Yeah, nine and a half. Yeah. Nine and a half. So, there he has 20 career sacks. Probably on pace to set the Mountain West record, right? Uh, I believe so, yeah. I'm not sure what that is, but that's a. Uh, that's oh, that's up there. That's really good. Fifteen sacks. What was the net national lead last year? Was it the guy from Louisiana Tech? Uh, I think so, or it might have been Sutton Smith from Northern Illinois. Uh, I no, know. no, it was Jalen Ferguson seventeen and a half. Josh Allen of Kentucky seventeen. Did Sutton Smith had fifteen? All right. That is. I'm trying to see if I can find a record real quick for sacks, but CFB reference or sports reference is failing me a little bit. Do you have one more you want to go with real quick? While I try to find that, if I can. Or are you hmm. out? <laughs> <laughs> um, shoot, now I'm trying to think. Uh, you put me on the spot. I don't have anything else off the top of my head. All right, we'll go through some later. I got two more here, I think. Um, I like this one because they're phrasing. It's below, actually, this is my last one. Here we go. UNLV will win eight games this year, tying the most of this century. <laughs> no, that, is, that is a hot take. Because they had eight back in 2000 when they won the Las Vegas Bowl. Hear me out. We've already talked about the Rebels for a minute. Assuming you've already mentioned who they have coming back on offense, defense has to be about, like you mentioned, average. Like the Hawaii method, essentially. Mm-hmm. If they could be just about average, Armani Rogers takes another step forward, I think that's a possibility of eight wins, which would be uh, really, really good for them. And so I think, I say, I'm going to go eight wins. Why not? Who cares? This is not my official prediction, but... I like eight wins because, again, they are 80% bringing back offense production. They're bringing back about half of their defense production, and they're 40th, 39th overall in total production returning. And that top 40 spot probably should give them a couple more wins. All right. Is that is – that, so what do you, what would you rate our hottest take we did, our hottest one? Was that my UNLV or is it my Air Force one at 10 wins? I mean, I just – I think it's funny because, like, now you're the optimistic one on UNLV. I know. I'm just saying. Funny how that happens, right? It happens. It happens all the time, remember? I've been, yeah, whatever. It, it happens. It's good, right? It's fun. People, it's January. Who cares, right? Almost February. Well, actually, excuse me. By the time we hear this, it'll be February. And the winter vortex hopefully is gone from anywhere in the Midwest. <laughs> Fingers crossed, right? <laughs> I, I'm lucky. Like, I mean, I was, I was nice and warm at 42. I'm like, oh, it's actually pretty good compared to the last week of 25 to 30 degrees. Right. <laughs> Which you're probably, what, 60, mid-50s? I'm I'm cool. I'm good. There you go. Perfect. Anything else we need to add for this uh this particular off the cuff show changing subjects last minute? Uh no, I think I'm all set. It's a good one. So if you have any more hot takes that we missed or you hate or agree, let us know. MWCR on Twitter. Go to our Facebook page. You can comment there if you want to say, hey, here's a hot take or whatever, or something you want to get off your chest. Because I did put this out only a few hours before we started decided to record. So. Just send them, send them our way. iTunes, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio. Subscribe to the show those ways. And our next show will be basically a week from now. I think our deal is we're probably going to post these every Monday, I'm thinking. Maybe Sunday night. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the plan. We're going to go once a week plus basketball midweek. And next show will be our more serious but still stupid early 2019 order of finish projections. All right. All right, folks. We'll see you next time. And, again, MWR.com. Read our stuff. Thank you. Bye.